duties for mankind. Chapter 1. The history of the life of Ajamil. Text number 61. Trishva tam kama liptena Trishva tam kama Bahuna parirambitam Bahuna parirambitam Jagama hechjaya vasham desires in his heart awakened and in illusion he fell under their control. Purport, it is said that if one's body is smeared with turmeric it attracts the lusty desires of the opposite sex. The word karma liptena indicates that the sutra was decorated with turmeric smeared on his body. Hmm. Uh, 
um, text 62, Stambayan Atmanatmanam Yavat Satvam Yatashutam Nasasaka Samadhatum Manomadanave Pitam as far as possible, he patiently tried to remember the instructions of the Shastras, not even to see a woman. With the help of this knowledge and his intellect, he tried to control his lusty desires. But because of the force of Cupid within his heart, he failed to control his mind. Unless one is very strong in knowledge, patience and proper bodily, mental and intellectual behaviour, controlling one's lusty desires is extremely difficult. Thus, after seeing a man embracing a young woman and practically doing everything required for sex life, even a fully qualified brahmana as described above, could not control his lusty desires and restrain himself from pursuing them. Because of the force of materialistic life, to maintain self-control is extremely difficult unless one is specifically under the protection of the Supreme Personality of Godhead through devotional service. Om Agyana Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chaksurudmanitamjena Tasmaye Sri Gurve Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobhishtam Stapitamjena Muntale Swayam Rupa Kadamahayam Mukam Kaloti Vachalam, Pangum Lam Gayati Gilim, Yakri Pakamam Bande, Sri Guru This is a pivotal point in the story of Ajamil. He was brought up in, as a Brahmana in Brahminical culture and, um, or oh, but despite that training and education, he was unable to withstand the the the, um, the pushings of the the mind and the senses. Um, so it mentions here, Stambayan, trying to control Atmana by the intelligence. 
Atmanam, the mind. Yavat Satvam, as far as possible for him. Yatashrutam, by remembering what he has heard. But he wasn't successful. So interesting. And Prabhupada mentions here in the purport, unless one is very strong in knowledge, patience, and proper bodily, mental, and intellectual behaviour, controlling one's lusty desires is extremely difficult. exploding all throughout the rest of the class. Uh, I went to bed with prickly eyes last night and that was just when I do when I do the puja I'm handing flowers and then if I touch my face without having washed my hands then I get my reaction to the magnolias actually and Roses. So just in case you're wondering whether I've got COVID or not, <laughs> I'm sneezing. It's not. It's probably not. It's the hay fever or the reaction to the flowers, which is. So, thus, after seeing a man embracing a young woman. And practically doing everything required for sex life. Oh, this reminds me. When it rained, not yesterday, it was the day before, wasn't it? Okay. I think so. Yeah, Sunday. I was walking, I went for a Japa walk and I was walking in the park and there's, there was this couple sitting on the park bench and um, uh, practically doing everything required for sex life. <laughs> and, um, and they didn't see me. They didn't see me coming. But there was a strong wind. You know, there was a strong wind. It was just before that there was a shower of, you know, how there was showers of passing through. And so the wind blew my hat off. So I jumped and then they saw me and they stopped. But it's an example of, you know, this is, this is some time ago in the yuga or at a time when these things were perhaps not so common. But these days it's a common sight to see people either dressed or behaving in such a way so that they fulfill these requirements, right? doing everything required for sex life. <laughs> so it's disturbing. It's disturbing to see these things. Although for me that wasn't so disturbing. It was just odd. I was thinking, what are you, what are you doing, you guys? <laughs> um, um, 
And so the importance of this um, culture of restraint and the culture of knowledge, Prabhupada mentions here, knowledge, patience, and this is rabbinical culture, right? Samo, damas, tapa, sochan. Samo means being equipoised. Thanks. I haven't got quite got to that stage, but thank you. Ooh. Damas, dama means control, sense control. Samo, damas, tapa, austerity, which is again controlling the senses, uh, controlling the mind and the senses. Samo, damas, tapa, so jump. And, and it, integral to this is cleanliness. Cleanliness externally, but also cleanliness internally. Right? So that what we're thinking, what we're, what we're uh, meditating on, what we're contemplating, what we're desiring, this is also uh, part of cleanliness. What is it? simplicity, leading an uncomplicated life. eva. Uh, Arjavan. Arjavan. Uh, yes, simplicity. Chanti. What's tolerance? Being tolerant. Arjavan. Simplicity. Jnana. The cultivation of knowledge. Vidyana. And knowing how to apply that knowledge. Right? How to apply the knowledge. Uh, which it looks, it looks like that's what. That's what Ajamil lacked. Right? He had the knowledge, but he wasn't able to apply it. Because no? it mentions here, um, Atmana, Atmanam, Yavat Satvam, Yatashrutam, by remembering the instructions. That's not enough. Just having good advice or good instructions is not enough. One has to know how to apply them, right? how to actively in, uh, engage. Um, so, and, and here, proper bodily, mental, and intellectual behaviour, which is the 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 the, the working senses. The knowledge acquiring senses, uh, the mind, and also the intelligence needs to be fine tuned, honed, in order to withstand the The distractions and, and the pushings, the pushings. Well, about all the um, 
Manasakroda Vegam, Jiva Vegam, Udurapasta Vegam, Etan Vegam, Yo Vishahetati Rasavam, Abhimam Pitivim Sasisyak. Mentioned by Rupa Goswami. So Vajja Vegam, the urge to speak and to talk about all sorts of things. But Vajja Vegam, Manasakroda Vegam, the pushing of the mind. And and uh, the mind and and its enemies. Right? There are six enemies of the mind. Here is mentioned Groda only, right? But there's um, lust, greed, anger, illusion. Uh, Envy. What's the other one? Greed. I mentioned greed. Pride. Yes, pride. I'm an advanced devotee. Until you, until you're not. <laughs> yeah, pride. That's it. I'm a brahmana. I'm a senior devotee. You have to watch out for these, these things. Impelled by karma, especially desire, the mind. And Kroda. Kroda, uh, especially because uh, we have desires, and when they're not fulfilled, we then become frustrated. And then with frustration comes anger. Uh, and, and, you know, from anger, Krishna mentions uh, bewilderment, loss of memory. Uh, and we fall into the bodily concept of life from anger. You know, we, we can restrain desire and greed even. Greed is when we enjoy something but we want more. So that's also, uh, you know, sense gratification is, is dangerous. Um, my Bhakti Shastri class on Saturday, the exercise was, uh, we divided up into four groups, and uh, the first group had to write up a list of the short-term benefits of sense gratification. And the long-term benefits of sense gratification is the second group. And then the third group was the, uh, the disadvantages, the short-term disadvantages of sense gratification. And the fourth group was to have, make up a list of um, the long-term disadvantages of sense gratification. So that was an interesting discussion. Uh, And then we talked about what's our attitude towards sense gratification because we must act. Right? We, we must act. Sense gratification is a requirement. I don't know if you've noticed. The pushing of the senses and the senses need engagement. Right? And it's, what, it's, it's why we have a Varnashram system. It's to regulate sensual activity, 
Sensual behavior can't be stopped. You know, uh, uh, the, wor the, the workings of the knowledge acquiring senses and the, the, the working senses can't be stopped. The mind, you can't stop the working of the mind. So it's not a matter of stopping, but it's a matter of using it, using the mind and the senses positively. Right? If, if, if you let children up to their own devices, what will they do? What, what happens if we let children up to their own devices? Don't know. Don't know. <laughs> oh, perhaps I should ask your mum. <laughs> what happens if you leave children up to their own devices? Huh? They can get into trouble. Don't light a fire. <laughs> light a fire or play under the kitchen sink. You know, do the things that you're told not to do, basically. <laughs> but, you know, if we give children, and look, adult, anybody, positive engagement for the mind and the senses, then that, that action can be productive. That activity can be productive. And, and, and really, that's the, that's the process, if you like, of sadhana bhakti. And, and Vairoga Goswami gives us you know, 64 items of devotional service. Do this, do this, do this, don't do this, don't do this. So that we get a list, here's all the things that you can do. It's, it's, it's practically unlimited. What we can do to posit positively engage the mind and the senses. But, you know, so long as we've got, and we see it here, graphically in action, so long as we've got a material body, Vishaya vinivartante, nirharasya dehina. So long as you've got a material body, then there will be an inclination towards material activities without purification. Right? Without, pure, without getting a higher taste. Rasava jambrasopyasya paramdrishtva nirartate. Paramdrishtva means a higher taste. So, the tendency to act is irrepressible, but the ability to engage that action in positive activities is uh, the panacea or the cure, if you like. And so, you know, we, we in the Van Ashram system, we encourage for the for most people marriage because the attraction and we see it here the attraction between a man and a woman is very strong and in order to engage that positively so that it's for the benefit of all we have the institution of marriage 
And even Krishna mentions in the, in the Bhagavad Gita uh, of uh, uh, what is it? Sex according to religious principles, that I am. Right? So, uh, activities that are where we're, where we're engaged in service to Krishna rather than service to the mind and the senses is, is the proper engagement for the, for the living entity. And that's purifying and also liberating. So, one has to cultivate this knowledge. Uh, and this is uh, mentioned uh, um, with the, the, the um, study of the Vedas, effectively, here. Strong, if we're to be strong in knowledge, then one has to regularly recite Vedic literature. Right? Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, for us, Nectar of Devotion, Chaitanya Charitamrita, this is our four main. So the regular recitation of Vedic literature, the regular reading, regular attendance in class. Um, also, performing one's puja or, or one's bhajan for the for the Vaishnavas. Right. What's what's our daily bhajan? Yes. Before that. Yes. What's that prayer called? Hmm? It's got eight verses. There's a hint. Huh? Yes. Guruvashtakam. Go to the top of the class. Guruvashtakam. Right. And in reciting the Guruvashtakam, what are we meditating on? What are we meditating on when we're reciting the Guruvashtakam? How many here of you recite the Guruvashtakam regularly? On a daily basis? Yeah, okay, good. So, what are you doing? <laughs> What are we doing when we recite the Guru Rashtakam? What are we doing? Yes. And what else? That's true. Vande Guru Si Charanara Vindam. Yep, that's meditating on the Lotus Feet of Spiritual Master. What else? Because that's repeated like about eight times. But what else? Um, we're also meditating on the process of devotional service. Yes, the process of devotional service. What else? Madhu. It's a meditation in the different activities, how the spiritual master is teaching us 
Yes. Yes, the different activity, the behavior of a devotee, right? Which will be our behavior. Right? Samsara Dava Nalalida Loka. The spiritual master is pouring benedictions on the residents of the material world by giving instructions just as a cloud pours water on a forest fire to extinguish the blaze. So the spiritual master gives instructions to his disciples, to anybody really, to extinguish the fire of conditional life. And you know, lust, this is what's consuming our jamil. Right? He's been consumed by lust. And that, lust is likened to a fire in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Right? So we're all burning up in the fire of material existence because of our desire to enjoy. Right? So the spiritual master gives instructions. So, all of these, the spiritual master engages in Sankirtan. That right? Uh, Mahaprabhu Kirtana Nritya Gita, singing and dancing. Vaditra Madhyan Manaso Rasena, he's relishing the, the mellows of bhakti. Uh, Relishing the mellows of bhakti. Do you relish the mellows of bhakti? Sometimes. Sometimes. When you chant Hare Krishna, do you feel pleasure? Yeah? Here's, here's a simple one. Who enjoys breakfast? Yeah. There's relishing the mellows of bhakti, prasad. Uh, yeah, so we need to we need to be. This is this cultivation of knowledge and meditation on all of these qualities of a devotee, so that we develop them also. This is the the point. You know that we're developing. Uh, this param drishtva, this higher taste, and we're becoming fixed in knowledge, so that when the pushing of the mind and the senses presents itself, we're able to, by the cultivation of knowledge and by the cultivation of bodily, mental, and intellectual strength to withstand the pushings of the material energy, then when material desires present themselves by dint of that fixed up, if you like, or purified, anatta nivriti, removing these unwanted desires, and so when they arrive, either they've gone, or if they arise, then it's just like you know, Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita like a stream that trickles into the ocean or even a river that runs into the ocean is just absorbed by
by the ocean. And that's because the devotee is swimming in the ocean of bhakti, right? bhakti rasamrita sindhu. Swimming in the ocean of devotional service. And so he's not disturbed by the flow of desires. This is the idea. So good sadhana, good practice. So good bhajan. Yeah, I mentioned this before. When when you when you when you meet your friends, you usually say, "G'day, how's it going?" Right? But a devotee says, "How's your bhajan?" Right? Specifically, how's your bhajan? Because you know the material worlds are always up and down, right? But it's easily withstandable. It's easily. Uh, um, tolerated uh, by, a devo- by a devotee who's making advancement, who's relishing their, their sadhana. And, and, and so, what is it? Uh, pramana, uh, following scriptural recommendations, which is what Ajahnil was on the right track. Right? He's remembering what he'd heard. But he wasn't strong enough. Right? Uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, theistic conduct. So, abhyacha. Uh, uh, learning the Vedas, hearing from the Vedas, but then being able to put it into practice. Put it into, into put it into um, uh, practical application of that learning, and then constant effort uh, requires constant effort. It's not you know something that you do you did yesterday and don't have to do today. Right? It's, it requires constant effort. The, the, the process of bhakti requires daily practice, daily effort. And then by, you know, absorption and immersion in one's bhajan. That's why I say it, we should be meditating on the meanings. Otherwise we could be just parroting this stuff, right? The, the prayers of the Guru Vashtakam or the Guru Mandana. Uh, and, you know, if we don't know what it is that we're saying, we're just like a bunch of parrots. Right? Even chanting Hare Krishna. Chanting Hare Krishna like a parrot. You know what Prabhupada mentions, you know, what happens when you grab the bird by the neck? <laughs> just walks. Right? So, and, and that's again, that's this, unless one is very strong in knowledge, patience, proper bodily, mental and intellectual behaviour, and that's our sadhana, our bhajan, and, and you know, recitation of, as recommended, austerity of speech is to regularly recite the Vedic literature. Right. Many things. Austerity of the body is brahmacharya. Right. Cleanliness. Rising early. 
uh, engaging the mind and the senses in devotional practices. Because in any, you know, in this day and age, I don't have to tell you, you know, wherever we go, practically speaking, there's a distraction of one sort or another, right? I don't know if you've noticed, but have you seen these things? Huh? They're designed to distract. They're designed to distract you from Krishna. But this, it's a unique device um, created to take money out of your bank account. That's really what it's for. It's presented as a great assist. Right? But most of us have discovered it's not at all a great assist. It's the biggest distraction that you could ever put in your pocket. Right? Although you can use it, right? You, 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 I have the Srimad Bhagavatam, the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the Bhagavad Gita, you know, the whole of the database in my pocket. But what do I do? I go and look at Facebook. <laughs> Although I have to admit, I, I don't. I, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook, I haven't gone anywhere, I just don't participate. And really, you know, as I mentioned the other day, sometimes Facebook calls me by email. Hey, Adi Ruda, there's stuff going on over here, why don't you have a look? Huh? We're missing you, which means we're not taking dollars out of your pocket. Please come over. <laughs> come over and see us. Come over and see your friends. Uh, I go over and see my friends and I think, what's this craziness going on here? I'm out of here. Uh, so cultivation, cultivation of knowledge, <clears throat> cultivation of a life less distracted. Right? Really, that's what we should be doing, ideally. Uh, whilst there are many benefits, there's also you know, many dangers, actually. And why you know, we need to develop strongly, because you know, in one sense, you know, the distraction is in our pocket. It's not what men and women are doing outside. Uh, although that's a distraction too, but very often the distraction, we're carrying the distraction with us. And we pay so much attention to it that our children want to have one too, but just because of our behaviour. Oh my God, I have a mobile phone. You've got one. Huh? Is that right, Abai? Huh? Have you got one? You got your mum's. Yeah. yeah. What's that? I just use it for like a little bit of a shortcut. Good boy. Keep it up. Yes. <laughs> so, um, it, 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 Ajahnel Prabhupada says he was a, a fully qualified Brahmana. And that wasn't good enough. Right? That wasn't good enough. Could not control his lusty desires. And you know, I don't, 
we're all living in an environment where materialistic life is practically everywhere. Isn't it? Realistically. Wherever you go. Whether you're in India or whether you're in Australia or wherever you are. It's all around us. Except in the temple. Except in the temple. You know, it's amazing. We've been doing a lot of weddings. Uh, you know, after COVID, everybody who couldn't get married wants to get married. So Chidrug has just been doing every weekend pretty much a wedding, a wedding, a wedding, a wedding. So as a consequence, we get a lot of people who haven't visited the temple before. Right? They haven't visited the temple. And, and what do they say? You know what they say? What do you think they say? Peaceful. Peaceful. They say, wow, this is such a peaceful place. Because huh? they don't know they don't know all that goes on to create the atmosphere. <laughs> they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> uh, but you see, we're engaged in devotional service and we we go through the challenges. But it's not for our personal sense gratification, or it shouldn't be. Right? The service that we do for Krishna and, and the, the aspiration, the, the expectation, the completion, the successful completion of our service is done really for Krishna's pleasure, or really that's what it should be done for. Right? We're not performing our devotional service so that people will recognise us, so that we can we can become prominent, a prominent devotee. Devotees are already prominent. We'll all be prominent if we perform devotional service. So we shouldn't worry about, oh, am I being recognised as the spiritually advanced person that I, I am? We, we shouldn't be worrying about these things. We should just be doing things for Krishna's pleasure. Then automatically all of us will become prominent. That's what a devotee automatically becomes prominent. Why? Because there's sense control. Automatic, and this is you know, a, a group of people or a group of devotees, a group of individuals that work together to serve Krishna, create a very peaceful and um, satis uh, satisfied community of transcendentalists. And so automatically they all become famous because of that cooperation and that common sense of purpose. Right? We have a common sense of purpose. Our common sense of purpose is to save people from the, all of this distraction. Right? We're not against sex, per se. Right? Unless you're a sannyasi or a brahmachari, you know, you're in trouble. Lord Chaitanya, look what Lord Chaitanya did to Chaita Haridas. But if his householder disciples were having family and children, he encouraged it and celebrated the birth of the children. Right? So, you know, a lot of what we do, practically everything that we do is dependent on intent, right? The purpose for which we're doing something and the context. 
The context determines a lot of what we're doing why, and, and why we do it, the, the intent. So we need, not we need, we are creating a community of like-minded devotees who are free from material motivation. This is, it's called Anyabila Shita Shunyam it's pure devotees, right? And a pure devotee is not worried about uh, themselves so much because they know if I serve Krishna, what happens? What happens when you serve Krishna? What happens when you serve Krishna, Adi? Yeah, you get purified. What else? What happens when you serve Krishna? He says Krishna is pleased. Krishna is pleased, yes. And what happens to you? Become happy. Become happy, yes. Why not? But, you know, you get looked after. At least that's my experience. Anybody around here hungry? Missing out on meals? No. In COVID, I notice at least half of my friends put on about five to ten kilograms. <laughs> I lost a few. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you get looked after. Especially when you're living in such a community of devotees where everybody is supportive and encouraging and there's plenty to do. And that those activities are purifying. They're engaging. They're engaging here, what does Prabhupada say? Bodily, mental and intellectual behaviour. There's a, there's, a, there's a fully absorbing engagement in bhakti. How many of you are studying bhakti shastri? Yeah. Are you busy? Yeah, too much. Yeah. You've got children to I know you know, towards the end of uh, the previous term I know that the, the, my Bhakti Shastri students could hardly wait for school to get started again. Because uh, they're sick of having the kids at home and having to do their homework. Uh, not easy. But plenty of engagement, plenty of, plenty of service to perform, plenty of intellectual and mental stimulation for a devotee. It's really quite, I don't know, full on, you may have noticed. Right? It's full on. In fact, we could probably relax a little bit. Children probably wouldn't mind. Huh? Not too much. We shouldn't relax too much, but we have to. We also have to be, you know. Uh, there's a, such a thing as utsahat mai, which is called puffed up with enthusiasm. <laughs> utsahat mai, where we, we go too hard. So it's getting a balance. Uh, getting a balance. That takes time and a bit of experience, but it's 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 part of our culture actually. This, and why Srila Prabhupada put so much time into translating his 
you know, translating the Bhagavatam, translating the Chaitanya Charitamrita, translating Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, translating the, the Bhagavad Gita, so that we would have this emotional and intellectual engagement and be absorbed in that. So we've got the, the Paramadristva, the higher taste, and especially chanting. The chanting is essential because the chanting gives us the purification of consciousness to then be able to deeply absorb the philosophy that we read and, and, and understand how to apply it practically in our daily lives so that when we get the distractions of the mobile phones and you know all of the things that social media and modern life throws at us, we're able to distinguish between that which is favourable for our bhakti and that which has to be avoided. Right? Um, it's it's um, accepting that which is favourable and rejecting that which is unfavourable. An essential uh, intellectual activity required for a devotee. So that when we're, when we're you know, challenged, like Ajama was, instead of failing, we have to rise to the occasion. So instead of falling or pursuing material desires, we're able to control them or ignore them. You know, because <clears throat> the best way... You know, Prabhupada mentions, and, and um, not sure where I've read this story, but it, it's, it's worth, you know, if, if you're being pestered by, if you're being bothered by material desires, what's the best thing to do? Anybody got an idea? What do you do? I'm hungry. Uh, well, basically, I was about this Prabhupada's uh, term where he said the proper engagement yeah. so, and the power of being protected in a nice good association of devotees yes. that yeah. preserve you from yep but what happens if you've been bothered doing that and you're bothered by material inclinations into, into the mind chant Hare Krishna yes that's very that's highly recommended yeah. Uh, ignore it. Ignore it. If you're absorbing yourself deeply in all of these other activities, and there's a hey, Bob. What about this? Just ignore it. It's in the sixth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Basically, we ignore it. And you know, there's the example. You know, what happens when somebody comes and knocks on your door? And you don't go and answer the door. What usually happens? They go away. Huh? They go away. But we have to have developed our intellectual and emotional, even sensual strength. Huh? This is why Prabhupada wanted the devotees to eat prasadam, eat nicely, so that you've got also emotional and physical, sensual. Strength to withstand the pushings. 
Rachel Vegan, Manasak Road of Vegan, the urge to eat. Yes, we, we, we have the urge to eat. How do we engage it? By taking prasadam. You can tell I'm coming to the end of the class when I start talking about prasadam. Why do we take prasadam? Why do we take prasadam? Huh? To survive. To survive, yes. <laughs> also to satisfy that sensual need to engage the senses. But we do it in a way that purifies, not unless we eat too much. Atyahara. Overeating, that's a, a danger for a devotee. So, yes, we, we want to remain under Krishna's protection. And, and uh, avoid, you know, these materially motivated desires. For most of us, that's fairly easy. We, what becomes difficult is the subtle, some of the more subtle things. Um, profit, distinction and adoration. These are also subtle desires that we need to watch out for. Uh, and we, but again, we do that through this cultivation of uh, learning, knowledge, knowledge, and especially knowledge of the practice of bhakti, knowledge how to chant Hare Krishna properly so that the heart's becoming cleansed. The engagement in our bhajan so that we're always thinking. We're always thinking of the spiritual master, right? What is it? Chayam stuvam syasya trisandhyam. Right? Vande Guru Si Charanaravindam. At least three times a day. Three times a day I remember my spiritual master. What's that referring to? Yasas Tri Sandhyam. What do we do at the Tri Sandhya? Chant Gayatri Mantra. Chant the mantras given by the Guru. And so then automatically, who are we remembering? Spiritual Master. Lord Chaitanya. Krishna and the, the gopis. And the residents of Vrindavan. Interesting, isn't it? When we come to know Krishna, we discover that actually it's not Krishna. <laughs> Krishna and Radharani and then all of the other devotees it's, it's quite interesting we think it's just me and Krishna mainly me <laughs> then we discover hang on a second it's Krishna and then there's everybody else <laughs> and, and exploring those relationships this is, a, this is why Bhakti is so engaging and so absorbing is because it's it's so variegated, it's so 
Um, uh, um, engaging in it, all of its, all of the facets of devotional service, devotional practice, and, and we see that with here uh, the story of Ajayamil. So we can learn, we can learn from Ajayamil's example. And uh, that, you know, one really has to become deeply absorbed because even Ajama was qualified, but he wasn't able to withstand. So I guess, you know, this, the, 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 one, of the, one of the takeaways from this story is that you can also fail at doing this, right? But there's still benefit. There is no loss, right? And so, even if we do fail, just pick yourself up and go back at it. Right? Don't let a stumble or two stop you. Right? And we see the benefits. The benefits were that at the time of death, Ajamil was able to remember the Lord. And so the Vishnu Dudas came to save him. And he got a second chance. Well, we have that book, Second Chance, it's about this, it's probably a story. Uh, but let's not, let's, we've got the chance now, let's take advantage of it. Don't waste it. It's, it's, uh, and see if we can do better than a job we Okay, does anybody have any comments or questions? Bye-bye. Yeah, it's good to see you, by the way. Yeah, you Should be doing what you tell them to do. Yep. Yes. Substantially, it, it is. Because, you know, na janam na janam na sundarim. Right? This is our prayer. No wealth, no followers, no beautiful women. Right? That's. Uh, uh, what is it? Jammani Jammanishvare Bhavatan Bhakti Ohitiki Dwayi. Please give me, this is Lord Chaitanya's prayer, please give me Bhakti Ohitiki Dwayi to you, right? Please give me, and what does Ohitiki mean? What does Hetu mean in Sanskrit? What does it mean? Hetu. What does it mean? Cause. And ahoitiki or ahetu means without cause. Let my devotion be spontaneous because that's actually the, the quality of bhakti is spontaneous. Because it's our, already it's our natural position. Right? To serve Krishna is who we are actually. 
But if we're motivated to get money or to get, you know, what, what, what happens? What do the Hare Krishnas like to get? They like to see their, their name in the book points. Right? Who's number one book distributor? It's a competition between Dweej, I'll tell you who it is. It's Dweej Apritambara and Mahalakshmi. <laughs> right? Who's going to be... And you know, we do this for a purpose. We do... It's to encourage competition. Right? But actually, you know, the goal of life is not to get the most book points. <laughs> this is just a... It's a bit of a game. We should treat it as a, you know, it really is a bit of a game. It's not, it's to encourage service to Krishna. So, you know, if we do get, you know, we collect the most amount of money or we collect, distribute the most number of books, that doesn't mean necessarily that we're the most advanced. It could mean that you're just a very good salesperson. Right? But we use it in Krishna's service, so it's fine. It's so yeah, we've got to be careful about about um, ensuring that our motivations for doing our service are such that it's meant for the pleasure of Krishna or it's meant for the pleasure of Krishna's devotees. And you can be sure that Srila Prabhupada's very pleased, you know, when the devotees sell 5,000 book points. You know, that's the equivalent of 2,500 Bhagavad Gita's. It's a lot of books going out. Huh? In a week. In a day, yeah. When you go out, maybe that's what we'll get. When we, when we get the real, the crack troops out of book distribution, then that's what we'll be doing. But it's not easy. Uh, who, who's here uh, done book distribution? Uh, was it easy? Huh? It's amazing, isn't it? When you go out on book distribution, you can have a you can have the worst day of your life, right? Or on some days it's like you just tell people and they come over, they take a book, give you fifty dollars, you know, and it's like you're the most empowered, you're the Shakti of Asia Avatara book distribution. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next day you go out and it's like you're the most miserable dog on the planet. <laughs> so this is where, you know, Sankatana is very good for making spiritual advancement. Because it teaches you how you're not the doer, Krishna's in control. Uh, it's very, very humbling. Um, but yes, Ahitiki, this is our. And so we shouldn't be. And, and a book distribution is very tricky because everything's going, and then you get puffed up and think, ah, oh, I'm a wonderful book distributor. I got the best score. I can hardly wait, they'll say, Aniruda! <laughs> Five sets of Srimad Bhagavata, quadzillion book points. Yay, Aniruda! Right? 
Then the next day you go out and everybody says, go and get a job. <laughs> or, or worse. <laughs> worse. You know, I've gone on book distribution and some of the things that people have said to me, you know, it's like, woohoo! <laughs> Go to Geelong. It used to be go to Geelong and you'd see these little old ladies. Right? You think, oh, she's a sweet old lady. And they try to give her a book and the foul cursing that comes out of her mouth, you know, it's like, what? She's a little old witch. <laughs> of course, we look beyond all of the externals and we see the spirit soul. But <laughs> the spirit soul with the covering of her. With an interesting bodily covering. <laughs> so, is that okay? Have I? Yes, we are. Uh, because, and here's what happens I'll tell you what happens. When we are seeking profit, distinction, and adoration in our devotional service, then we start to compete with others. And instead of being a society, where we work cooperatively, then there becomes a competition and we undermine with that competition cooperation. What's that? Yeah, yes, it becomes, it, then we just become like the materialists. We don't want to do that. You have a question? You said that you should like when should we um like when we make our phones, should they because you said they distract us. So when should we use those phones? I didn't say you shouldn't use it, I said you have to be very careful using it. Right? So when you're careful, so what you so what should you do? When you What should you do with the phone? Well, Turn it off in the Bhagavatam class. <laughs> highly recommend it. What should you do with a mobile phone? Um, I recommend using it for telephone calls. I find that that's highly useful. And practically everything else is useless. But, you know, realistically, Responding to emails on your phone? No. A keyboard. Huh? Maybe, maybe scanning for things to do and flicking things off, getting rid of stuff. But email, they're not very good for doing email, really, realistically. You know, I get a lot of emails and I just click, 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 click and then press delete. Gone. Uh, but with this, you've got to go. Now, what else do we? Uh, browsing the internet. Mm, if you're looking for, you know, something that you need, you're out driving around or whatever. Very, very handy. Uh, but you know, research. No. Nah. Where are you going to store the bits of information? Yeah. Facebook. Yeah, nah. Right? Have you heard of yeah, nah? It's Australian. 
You know, when you think about it, mobile phone is not a lot of... Oh, I tell you what, this is what... I've got rid of all of my other cameras. So one thing that has been put into a mobile phone that I highly recommend is a, cam, a, a phone that's got good cameras. Because now I can take pictures of almost anything and boom, I can share it. Because, you know, a picture taken and not shared, you might as well have not taken a picture, right? <laughs> so, you know, I had big cameras, long lenses, and could take lots of pictures, but then it takes hours to sort through all of those and put them onto your computer, and then after 24 hours, you finally get your picture up. This is the lament of most photographers, professional photographers. In the meantime, you know, they've lugged around all of their camera gear, taken pictures, and in the meantime, their wife has already got as good a picture up on Facebook and all of their friends are saying, oh, that's a fantastic picture. And yours is still stuck in your fancy camera. Huh? So that's one good thing, taking pictures. But that's about it, I think. Anybody else? You can think of a good use of a mobile phone? So what apps should we have? <laughs> what apps? <laughs> uh, dear me, as few as possible. What's that? Like, should we have, like, database and all of them? Yeah, why not? Yeah, that's good. You know, one good thing is you can have the database, so, you know, if you tuck on, you know, somewhere you can read Prabhupada's books. Or should we have, like, or should we have, like, um, like, Instagram and Facebook? Uh, mm, if you must, yeah. Yeah, I don't use Instagram, I use Facebook sparingly. Yeah. Any other comments or questions? We can have a chat about mobile phone apps later. <laughs> One of my most used apps is the um, is a, is a an app that tells me when the sunjis are, when sunrise, when noon is, solar noon, and when um, sunset is. That's one of my most used apps. So that's good. So you know when you have to say your gayatri. Anybody else? Comment? Question? Madhu Manjuri. Uh, I was meditating a little bit about uh, the point that you said ignore it when the desire, material desires come. Yeah. And uh, as a better strategy, ignore them. What about if we are not strong enough to ignore them? If we were? We are not strong enough to ignore them. And uh, I think that's why we've got the story of a jar mule. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was analyzing that in the sense that, for example, what would be the, something that can help him in, in, the case, in this case, well, for example? My experience is that if, you're, if you have a strong bhajan, then what surfaces in the mind is the Guruvashtikam, right? The, um, 
Goswami Ashtakam, if you're chanting it regularly. Or if you're chanting the Bhagavad Gita, the verses of the chapter that you chanted that day. And so that tends to crowd out the other distractions. Right? Why hearing and chanting is so important? Because smarana, Vishnu smarana, comes from repeated shravanam kirtanam. Right? And so if our bhajan, if we have a if we if we have a bhajan of say a few hours in the morning or sometime in the day, and you know why Prabhupada had morning program, evening program, then what happens is even if there is the emergence of some material inclination, if it's really serious, then usually you know what happens. Um, we'll 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 engage it, but in such a way so that it's purifying. But if it's just a minor, you know, disturbance, we'll we'll just be able to ignore it because of all of the other remembrance of Krishna. Is that right? Yeah. For another, uh, well, in another point you mentioned in the class also the benefit of creating nice cooperative environment in the good association of the body. Yes. Community. Yes. Yes. So I was trying to relate those points. In the sense that, <coughs> yes, we need to endeavor, and as a practicing devotees, perhaps <coughs> we are not strong enough yet, but yeah. we can have that support system yes. for a good Vaishnava association. Mm, that's right. When we have those kind of uh, small deviations in the beginning. Yes, <coughs> and that's what we, we want. Yeah, that's what we want in this from Melbourne. And I would suggest that's what we want in ISKCON broadly. Right? And we're fortunate, I think, in, uh, you're all aware that in our community there's a lot of support and a lot of encouragement and a lot of engagement. Right? And it's supportive. Generally supportive. It's primarily supportive. And... Um, um, yeah. Like I said, Jamila, for example, <coughs> sorry, he, it would be different for him if he would trust or share or his mind with somebody. Yes, yes, a very good be. point. Yeah. yeah. He's by himself. Yeah. Yeah, this is a really good point. And, and I think, you know, we need to meditate on this because if we see one of the devotees struggling, with these anatas, which we will do, but it's it's historically demonstrated that we'll see devotees will struggle with the gross and also with the subtle. If you look at the history of ISKCON, we've seen it. It's happened to us. Some of us have lived through periods where it's been a major problem in Iskong where the leaders of our community fell down because of struggling with some of these anatas, right? We've seen it. And uh, after analysing these situations, we identified in many cases that they were isolated from the, you know, being so advanced, right? But not actually, but being by elevated by everybody else, they became uh, victimized 
by their own isolation, even though in the community of devotees. Interesting, right? You can be in the community of devotees yet isolated from them when you're pretending that you're somebody that you're not. Realistically, good point. Yeah, and that's the advantage of having the why we should associate with the devotees is because then we get an opportunity if we have some, you know, difficulties or some challenges or some nagging material desires, your friends can say, cut it out, it's insignificant, forget about it. Right? Put, it put you in perspective, who do you think you are, you little shrimp? <laughs> they'll cut you down the size. This is one of the advantages of the association of the devotees, is that they'll say, cut it out, will you? Who do you think you are? When our philosophy is, you know, we're just a, we're a, what is it, Anu. Not Vibhu. <laughs> we like to think of ourselves as Vibhu. And actually we're just little. So our friends will, will remind us, Hey, Mulrabu, I think you're going a bit far here. Take it easy. You know, when I get worked up, especially in management, I don't know if you've noticed, but I get worked up about stuff. And I push like anything to see things are done, you know, well... Perfect. I like to see things done perfectly. Uh, and if people don't do it perfectly, I get really, I can get pretty hot under the collar. So my friends say, look, will you just cut it out? Cool it. So I have to go, you know, take a cold shower. <laughs> of course, if you know me, that doesn't usually work. I'll be back later again next week. <laughs> but of course, Prabhupada also wanted us to have high standards, by the way. Uh, it's very interesting. When Prabhupada was on his final, on his deathbed, effectively, in Vrindavan, what was one of his main worries? Do you know what Prabhupada's, one of Prabhupada's main worries was? Well, a couple actually, but one in particular, spe specific. <clears throat> What's that? About Vanashangarna. No, people say that, but you know, if you look at Prabhupada's teachings, it, it wasn't. So, there's this place where Prabhupada says Vanashram is not important. Okay. Right? But no. Two things. Well, one is, will ISKCON continue? Will it be successful? This was his worry. But yeah, one of them specific was the ringing of the bell in Vrindavan at the right time, for the right number of times. Right? The ringing of the bell. One of the reasons why the ringing of the bell in Vrindavan is now, at the right time, the right number of times, is because Prabhupada put so much emphasis on it at that time. Because he was lying in his bed and he would hear it. And he would check. Why aren't they ringing the bell? Why aren't they ringing the bell? Right? And I'm thankful for that. I remember one year, um, you probably heard me tell this story before, but one year, 
Achinchurupa and I went to Vrindavan for the VIHE, 1989. And when we got there, our watches had stopped. Right? And you had to, you know, you had a sadhana chart, you had to get the Mongolati and you tick off all of the, the attendance at all of the program, right? Because you got a score for good sadhana. See, I remember waking up, you know, hearing the bell at one o'clock. Oh, one o'clock. And then hearing the bell at two o'clock. And then, oh, only two more hours. And then three o'clock. And four o'clock. Okay, time to get up, take a bath, go to Mongolati, right? Um, so we really, that was, that was the only way we could tell the time, because our watches had stopped. And then what happened was when we left Vrindavan, I remembered, oh, I left my watch in my case, I pulled, in my briefcase, so I pulled my watch out, and have a guess what happened? The watch had started, and it was on the right time. And then the Chicharipa went, she found her watch, and her watch had started, and it was also on the right time. So, timeless, time is, is different in Vrindavan. <laughs> okay, let's finish. Kantarav Shivan Bhagavatam Kijai Sada Bhagavad Kijai Gurmata Vrindu Kijai Bhagavad Kijai